Lord, we come to hear your voice, for it speaks of a love beyond measure and mercy wider than the sea. Our ancestors were frightened when you spoke in fire on the mountain, but now you invite us to sit at the feet of Jesus the teacher and to be guests at his table. Please prepare our hearts and minds that we, your servants, may listen and live. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. A reading from the book of Deuteronomy. Moses spoke to all the people, saying, A prophet like me will the Lord your God raise up for you. From among your own kin, to him you shall listen. This is exactly what you requested of the Lord your God at Horeb. On the day of the assembly, when you said, Let us not again hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see this great fire any more, lest we die. And the Lord said to me, This was well said. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their kin, and will put my words into his mouth. He shall tell them all that I command him. Whoever will not listen to my words, which he speaks in my name, I myself will make him answer for it. But if a prophet presumes to speak in my name, an oracle that I have not commanded him to speak, or speaks in the name of the other gods, he shall die. The word of the Lord. The reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, I should like you to be free of anxieties. An unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But a married man is anxious about the things of the world, how he may please his wife, and he is divided. An unmarried woman or a virgin is anxious about the things of the Lord, so that she may be holy in both body and spirit. A married woman, on the other hand, is anxious about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. I'm telling this for your own benefits, not to impose a restraint upon you, but for the sake of propriety and adherence to the Lord without distraction. The word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Then they came to Capernaum, and on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. The people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. In their synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him and said, Quiet, come out of him. The unclean spirit convulsed him and with a loud cry came out of him. All were amazed and asked one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. 
He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. His fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. A husband and wife were sitting on their couch one late evening. She was watching TV, he was reading the newspaper, and he put it down and he said, Honey, I just read in the paper that men on average say 15,000 words a day and women 30,000. What do you think about that? And she looked at him and he said, My dear, you have to remember that we have to repeat everything we say. <laughs> and he said, What? Five words. Five words, Jesus said. He didn't have to repeat them, and it happened. Quiet, come out of him. He said those words to the man who was possessed by a demon or some, some evil spirit. And he was in the synagogue. He wasn't somewhere out in the world. He was in a holy place. The demon infiltrated even that holy place. And Jesus set him free. How many words of God have you heard over the years? Many, many. The challenge for us is, what do they do to us when we hear the word of God? Do they change us in any way? To what way, to what extent? We heard today in the first reading that uh, God promised his chosen people a prophet unlike any other prophets. Of course, that prophecy was fulfilled in Jesus, who was the prophet of all prophets. He also reminded the people, be careful what you hear what you allow to change you, to infiltrate your heart and mind, your way of thinking and living. He said there will be false prophets who pretend to speak for God because that was the first and foremost role of a prophet, not to predict future, but to speak for God. So he said the true prophet will speak God's words. False prophets will speak in the name of other gods, although they will say, no, I'm speaking for the, for the true God. So he said that prophet will die perhaps not on this, uh, in, in this life, but die eternally because he pretended to speak for God. Who are those false prophets and true prophets today? How do we listen? How do we recognize what is true and what is not true? Who speaks for God and who doesn't? St. Paul in the second reading today wrote something that may confuse us. He talked about unmarried men and married men, unmarried women and married women. And he said, he didn't put down the sacrament of marriage, but we have to remember the context of these words. He, at that time, thought that the second coming of Jesus would happen within his lifetime, and many Christians did too. So he said, if you are unmarried, then stay unmarried and prepare yourself to meet your maker. Prepare yourself for the second coming of Christ. Because if you're married, you have other responsibilities. So he wasn't putting down, as I said, marriage or anything like that. He just said, be now focused on what's coming. Now we know that later, of course, Paul understood that the second coming of Christ may not happen soon within his lifetime. So he was just basically saying, anxieties will be there, but most important thing is to be prepared, whether you're single or, may be married, or whether you are married. And then in the gospel reading, what a story, right? Jesus in the synagogue. This is early in his ministry. This was a typical day for Jesus, preaching the gospel and then curing the sick, setting them free from what, what burdened them, what made them not able to be, to be in a loving relationship with God and with other people. 
people who were possessed were marginalized. Nobody wanted to bother with them because of, you know, they scared people, of course, but not so with Jesus. But it's interesting the exchange that takes place. The evil spirit says to Jesus, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? What does Jesus have to do with us? Not only with us, but for us and through us. Why did he come? Where does he want to live? Now, in us, so with us, through us, and in us, he can do so much good, set more people free from whatever binds them. And then the, the, the evil spirit even said, said to him, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Have you come to destroy us? Yes, Jesus came to destroy what is evil. And we may say, why isn't it happening more? We must be those who are destroying evil around us. So those challenging words that Jesus said, quiet, come out of him. What needs to come out of us? Perhaps, of course, we are not possessed. I'm not suggesting that we are possessed. But perhaps there are attitudes, behaviors that we need to say, out of me. They need to be out of my life. So then we are free to love the way Jesus loves, to do what he did for us and through us. So again, quiet. We need to quiet down, reflect on what, what is happening with my life. How am I living my life? Yes, so we hear so many words. Jesus doesn't have to repeat them. We sometimes do repeat what we say to stress certain things. But Jesus only said five words and then changed this poor man's life. Completely turned it around 180 degrees. And he can do the same for us. As I said, we are not possessed. But there are things that need to be changed or improved or adjusted in our lives. Christ can accomplish it in us. So let's be thankful for the word of God that we heard today. And let us remember that people were what? Astonished. When we hear the word of God, are we in a sense astonished still? Maybe even shocked what Jesus can do when we allow him to do it? He taught as the, the, the one who had authority, not as their scribes or as their rabbis, who when they taught, they would say, Rabbi so-and-so tells you this. Scribe, so-and-so tells you that. Jesus never did that. He said, I tell you. This was said to you in the past. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, love even your enemies. Jesus taught with ultimate authority. There is a story, a true story, of Bishop Willis King. He was a, a Methodist bishop. And after he uh, earned his PhD, he came home to spend some time with his family. And, of course, he was very proud, and his family was very proud of his accomplishments. So the first thing he decided to do was to buy a new car. So he said to his family that he was going to go to the bank to ask for a loan. And his father said, I will go with you to co-sign to co the loan. And he said, no, Dad, I have a Ph.D. now. So he went to the bank, spoke to the loan officer, and the loan officer asked him, what do, you have, what do you have as collateral for your loan? He was asking for $500 at that time. This was in early, early 1900s. What do you have as collateral for your loan? And he said, I have a PhD. And he said, well, PhD is very valuable, but as, a, as collateral, it is useless. So he turned around, was ready to walk back, and he saw at the door his father, 
And he said, Dad, what are you doing here? You can't go sign the loan. All you can do is write an X his father couldn't write. So the loan officer overheard this and he said, young man, it was that X that got you into school. It was that X that got you out of school. And if you're going to, if you're going to walk out of this bank with a loan, it will be that X that will get it for you. At that moment, that, that young man was taught about true authority, the authority of his father's ex. So Jesus teaches with ultimate authority. We don't have to wonder whether it's true, whether it's timely, whether it still applies in some way to our lives. It always have, it always will be. Those teachings will always apply, will always be valuable, life-giving. So let us be thankful. Let us ask ourselves, now what happens? Five words changed a young man's life who was possessed by a demon. We heard many words of God today. What will happen next? Thanks for listening to this week's service. To stay up to date on the latest news involving our parish, please visit our website at goodshepherd-sc.org.